Money FM 89.3, best of the evening runway. Culture Club. Money FM 89.3. It is the evening runway time now for Culture Club. And today we're talking about a beverage that, well, sometimes you you buy a bottle of wine, but you're probably not planning to drink it right away. Or you buy it and store it forever like I do because I don't drink. But <laughs> you are hopeless, you know. Why no, are no, you here? I buy it and store it for guests. Okay. Yeah, uh, okay, yes. Yeah, yeah, yes, and guests. you need to store it properly. Exactly. The thing uh, is, uh, Singapore's not ideal. No, because, you know, the four enemies of wine, as we were talking about earlier, is pretty much Singapore. <laughs> Humidity, <laughs> heat, yeah. light, light, and apparently <laughs> vibration is another uh, oh, wow. enemy of wine. I did not know that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Which you well, get a lot of in Singapore when there's construction going on outside. If you na- stay near an MRT yeah, track, exactly. yeah. Well, it will deteriorate naturally because of these conditions. But if you're serious about storing wines, and more importantly, if you want to mature them to their maximum value, then, of course, course, storage is key. So today, we're speaking with a guy who's going to help us out with this. Uh, his name is Mike Hegbeck, who is the founder of Wine Bank. Mike, welcome to the studio. Cool name for a company, by the way. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, start off talking about this. I mean, how serious are people when it comes to investing in wine and investing in the storage for wine? What's your experience there? I guess there's two different classes of people. Some buy wine to drink for themselves or their friends, and some buy it for an investment. Generally speaking, investors don't move their wine over to Asia so much. They buy it and store it in Europe because you just don't know where the next buyer is going to be. So it gets parked into typically bond storage. In Singapore, though, we have people who are serious collectors. Mm -hmm. They buy wine and they want to age it for 5, 10, 15 years. They buy by the case. And what they want to do is just park it somewhere nice and cool and undisturbed for, yeah, yeah years, decades yeah. even. <laughs> That's my friend. Uh, I have a friend who, who does that. And, and what <laughs> is the point of doing that, though? Why would you buy a case of fine wine and leave it for so long and So wine improves as it ages. I should say collectible fine okay, wine improves right, yeah. as it mm-hmm. ages. So I think about 85, 90% is made to drink straight away. Mm-hmm. But the high ends, like the Bordeaux, the Burgundies, the German Riesling, will age over time. And, you know, Bordeaux is famous for aging over decades. Uh, wow. People still drink like 1945 Bordeaux if they can find it. So the idea is just to park it and let it just kind of improve and age and come together. Mm-hmm. So that when they do pull it out for a drink, it's in as perfect a condition as it can be. What about that mindset, and I shift it slightly, say I am a collector of wine, I'm very serious about this, Mm -hmm. and I want my wine to be in the best condition at any point. Now, not necessarily it needs to be within reach for me to access it. What is the concept of, let's say, I pass it to a third party, maybe like you guys? Sure. So, typically... Houses in Singapore are not huge, and being able to build a cellar below your house is is kind of a luxury (laughs) (laughs) for many people. And also, cellars tend to get wet and damp as well, so there is a a risk in that sense. So what we do is, it's like your own cellar, it's just in our property. Uh, We take care of the climate control, security, we build insulation to protect it from the environment. And effectively, the customer park their wine in there. They put their own lock on the door. They can mm. come in and out whenever they need to. Wine guys oh. like to come play with their wine. So they have 24-hour access to the wine. So if you're having a, you know, a, a surprise dinner party on a Sunday, you can come by and pull out okay. wine for, for that. Yeah. It's like one of those extra space type of things, but for wine. 
Yeah, I'm actually thinking more of like, you know, a um, safe deposit box in a <laughs> bank where, where people yeah. keep their investment jewelries yeah. and mm. things. Yeah, I mean, it's a higher value product, so mm-hmm. it is worth, mm-hmm. I guess, taking a bit of extra care with the storage. Similar For sure. Show. And how has the response been uh, here in Singapore? It's great. I mean, we've been doing it for a few years now. Mm-hmm. Wine Bank is it's about 98% occupied. And customers, again, they like it because it's easy, it's convenient. And if they don't need it anymore because they either they get a bigger house or mm-hmm. they leave the country, then they just give us a couple of weeks' notice and they can move out. So it's very flexible. So it's not like building an extension to your house that uh, is much more expensive. Mm. Give us a bit of a clearer picture on Wine Bank as a business. Say I'm an interested party. How will it work uh, in that negotiation process? Okay. I'd say the negotiation process is not hard. So people who need storage will make contact with us. Okay. And we have uh, dedicated Wine Bank staff who will just look after our customers. And effectively, the customer has to figure out what size of space they need. So that's Uh the key question to begin with. And many people start off with a small collection, like, Mm. you know, they've got, 10, 15 cases. We find most of our customers, they buy more than they drink. So the the collections tend to expand (laughs) over time. So they get either a second unit or they go to a bigger unit. So our smallest is 10 cases, 10, 12 bottle cases, so 120 bottles. It goes up to 200 cases. Wow. So, you know, 2,000 over bottles in, in one storage room. Right, right. And then, yeah, once a customer then, they don't have to pick how long they want to store. They just figure out the size, tell us what day they want to move in, and then they ship their wine in. And okay. then as they buy or drink, they can just move in and out whenever they please. So it is really very flexible. So I don't have to let be obligated for a year or two years? Uh, no, if I'm no. Like you mentioned earlier, on, if I'm moving countries, no easy, no issue there. Yep, yep, oh. easy. Yep. So it's, it's like a, how do you make money out of this? A daily rental, a monthly? It's just a monthly rental. Monthly and rental. It's, it gets okay. driven by the number of cases in storage. Uh-huh. So if I wanted to upgrade to a bigger space, yep. no okay. issue there. Correct. Not to be rude, but is it strictly wine only? So I know some customers have put scotch whiskey and some customers have put cigars, but cigars, they need a drier climate. So our humidity is 65, 70%. Cigars need to be drier. But so far, only wine that I've encountered. Uh, That's fascinating. All right. So I know you you talked about regulating humidity and all that, and and I'm not sure how technical this may be or if I'm overthinking. Stop me if I am. If I have different types of wine from different regions, does this mean I need different types of storage within your facility? Yeah, that's a good question (laughs) because different types of wine should be stored at different temperatures. So like a delicate French wine is like 10 degrees and a tough Australian red can be 18 degrees. So what we do is we average it out at 13 oh, degrees. Okay. So that kind of keeps both sides of, you know, the Australian collectors happy and the French collectors happy. So 13 <laughs> okay. degrees is the average temperature. And we have monitoring equipment to make sure it stays at that temperature all the time. And we have two systems. So if one system has an issue, we have a backup system. So we're pretty confident that, you know, we can keep that temperature year-round. Now, other than uh, Singapore, Mike, where else do you have this kind of facility? So we've expanded over the last 12 months. So we have two properties in Seoul, one in Hong Kong, one in Shanghai. We're working on one in, in Tokyo, a pilot project in Tokyo. So it's a similar concept, but in a sense, it's not many people think about it as like, oh, there's this great product that I need to have. We have mm. to kind of reach out through the wine community right. and, and, and find customers. But when they discover us, they need us. So when I first came to Singapore 20 years ago, I could see wine shops were storing their customers' yeah. wine yeah. in the shop, on the mm-hmm. shop floor, because mm-hmm. you could see customers' names written on it. And I thought, oh, you know, we can help the wine shop by, you know, giving customers a reason to buy more. Right. 
And so it's just a matter of like reaching out to people in the wine community and right. saying, look, here's a great product. And one thing I also learned early on is I had to put my wine in there as well. Because yeah. if anything went wrong, people would be happy because my wine would go wrong if their wine went wrong. So in a sense, it's like, okay, you got to be part of the wine community to really, I guess, build that scale. And that brings us to the fun question. If I were to walk to the wine bank, how does uh, Mike Hegbeg's wine cellar look like? Is, is there a big sign? What's your collection inside there, Mike? <laughs> uh, i got a pretty eclectic collection. So i got, like, coming from Australia, I have a lot of Australian reds. Sure. But I've also been experimenting a bit more. So I like wines like Sauvignon Blanc, Pinot Gris, or even sparkling wines, because they go well with Asian food. Yeah, yeah. So I've actually successfully matched Champagne and Luxa one time, because wow. Champagne has acidity and bubbles that okay. cut through the oil of the, of the chili. So it was like it was my birthday. I thought, let's try this. And so the champagne cleans the tongue, and then you okay. can keep going on the luxa. So generally with fish, white wine goes well, but chili, it also goes well oh, as well. And then I've also been like buying, say, Tempranillo from Spain or, or Malbec from Argentina because they also go well with food. So, Has this always been like what you wanted to do or... Or, or did you fall into this entrepreneurship by accident or, or out of a, just simply a love of wine? That's a combination of things. I always figured <laughs> I wanted to work for myself. And the best idea I had when I came to Singapore was, was wine storage. So okay. family used to have a French restaurant in the Blue Mountains outside of Sydney. Mm-hmm. And uh, French food has to have wine. So we had a pretty right, good right. wine list and we had a cellar. But the cellar was wet and smelly. Oh, and right. so, okay, yeah. I thought, okay, we need, we need good storage. So when I came up here, I could see people were getting into wine. Mm-hmm. But they just did not really have, I guess, the volume the storage space for their wine collections and people were storing overseas or like I said in the shop so I thought well as a product that people need the climate also stops people from storing in their kitchen or their basement like in, in other markets and it's a fun product I mean wine people generally they like to share you want to have a taste of somebody's wine Oftentimes you ask them and they'll give you a taste. Yeah. So it's a very social thing. And like I, like I said, I prefer it with food. So get-togethers with food, dinners is always, um, always special. And I think it's always worthwhile having good wine mm. for that. Now, going back to uh, you were mentioning about uh, starting up in Tokyo for Wine mm. Bank. With this kind of investment, high-value investment, and Singapore being a very stable, not just, you know, the environment, political and mm-hmm. otherwise, but also, you know, we don't have earthquakes, we don't have typhoons, oh, yeah. we yep, don't have yeah. all these yep. uh, calamities, and natural calamities in Singapore. Do mm. you see it as a, an attractive place for people around the region, I'm talking about Philippines yep. or Indonesia, where they have collectors yep. who can also keep their wines here? Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. The connectivity is pretty good in terms of, like, transport. But as you say, Singapore, it's stable, it's easy. You know, I guess temperature is an issue getting from our storage to the airport, say. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you just turn the aircon up in the taxi and, and yeah. it should be okay. So we do have customers from Jakarta and some from the Philippines as well. I think those are markets we probably would look at in future just to save people from the travel. But, but they um, do have earthquakes in those places. Yes, so. yeah, yes. <laughs> And that's the risk with Tokyo. So we're just trying to figure out some insulation system because there's always going to be vibrations in Tokyo and I guess Jakarta as well. So, mm-hmm. so from the point of view, Singapore is like it's it's undisturbed. There's no typhoons, yeah. no earthquakes, anything like that, and it's easy for people to get in and out of as well. Mm. So, in that sense, it is a great market for for wine storage. Actually, Mike, with the way you've described your business and everything that you put into it, I get the sense that Singaporeans. This this whole idea of, of keeping wine is no longer a hobby. 
I feel that it's a market that's actually quite serious about it. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I think, well, our, our storage is more for collectors, not for traders so mm, much because okay, okay. they maybe deal in volume. But it's for people who are very serious about wine. Mm. You know, they kind of study what they want. They check pricing at auction. Even if it's for their own consumption, their own they're consumption. serious. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Because I guess if you're going to go to this trouble, you want to get the best That's quality true. that you yeah. can. So even if it's investment-grade wine, but for their own drinking, they still, you know, they do their research. They work out, okay, this is like a seven-year aging yeah. period for this wine. And so they study, they check. You know, we have people who come in and they check the temperature to make sure <laughs> that we're keeping the temperature correct. So they check on us. But they also quite active a lot of them they'll kind of check on the aging and they'll rotate wine so okay mm. this is for drinking so a lot of them will have a wine fridge at home okay. so the drinking wine goes into the wine fridge at home right. and the aging wine stays in wine bank oh. it's amazing mike how you can turn a hobby into a yeah. money making <laughs> business idea yeah <laughs> <laughs> now i'm very lucky to have had the opportunity i have to say a passion and a hobby and a profession at the same time mm -hmm. so yeah very grateful for that and just some final thoughts, Mike. I, I know we talked a lot about wine, and we kind of touched a little bit on cigars and, of course, mm -hmm. uh, whiskey. Is there a market for you to expand? Because there is a serious whiskey crowd here in Singapore. Yep. I suppose Japan as well that you're trying to get into. And younger demographic seems to be going towards gin. I don't mm -hmm. know how that would be stored, but are you considering things like that? We've looked at it. I think the thing is with whiskey, gin vodka, those ones, is the alcohol content is quite high and the mm, alcohol true. acts as a preservative. So the thing with wine is because the alcohol content is less, it's more susceptible to heat damage. Okay. Whereas with those higher alcohol spirits, the alcohol protects them from damage. I so they, you can just keep them, you know, in your open lounge room. So they're not such a need. It's me asking for free advice because I got a ton of whiskey at home. <laughs> it's okay. It'll last. It'll last. We've been speaking with uh, Mike Hickback, who is the founder of Wine Bank. Go Google them. Go check them out. Mike, thank you so much for coming by the studio. Great talking to you guys. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.